You're listening to The Nature of Things. This episode was originally recorded June 17, 1993. I received a nice letter recently from Dr. Anthony Checky, who is a professor of biology at Utica College. Tony is also a former student of mine who graduated from Oswego in 1961. He was one of those students you like to remember one of a dozen or so who sat in my lectures and went on field trips with me while I was at Oswego, with whom I've kept contact over the intervening years. Any retired teacher can testify to the tremendous satisfaction in seeing a former student making a mark in our shared field. It's especially nice when they say, your teaching helped. Typical of Tony as a student, however, was also a real concern about the course of education and of people's understanding of biology. That's what this letter was about, a belief that television, in its normal zeal to excite and insight, is skewing its nature exposés so badly that it does a disservice to the very audience it hopes to entice and inform. Tony enclosed an article from the Chicago Tribune's TV Week in which the author, Bill Stokes, claims things have gotten so bad that nature shows ought to start with a disclaimer This show is dangerous to your perception of what nature is really about. You might be thinking, how can a show which is composed of footage taken in the wild tell lies about nature? Well, as Browning said, let me count the ways. First, it can be so composed as to emphasize trivialities in the lives of wildlife and therefore make them seem the rule rather than the exception. It can feature rigged encounters, forcing reactions which are almost always avoided in the wild. Sometimes the actors in these staged real-life encounters are not wild at all, but are trained captives. By editing, in fact, any scenario can be advanced. But as Tony pointed out, these shows tend to create a mental gap, an emotional gap, between people and nature. Nature is that strange other world, so bizarre that it is somewhat titillating. But lost in the sensationalism is any chance at all for people to sense their real ties with nature, their dependence on its workings, and the opportunities it offers for both emotional and intellectual satisfaction. The problem is how to get people to watch the real thing. If they watch television between the noon news and the evening news, or during the first hour of prime time, they've already developed a veneer that makes them tough to reach with any normal rhetoric. More disturbing to me, in a way, is the general tenor of commercial radio call-in talk shows. These tend to promote a view of life that is constructed of cardboard and scotch tape, and the only wind they could survive in is the one that produces them. I'm aware of how real it all seems to its adherents and how it colors their view of all they see and hear. The thrust of nature films seems designed to pander to that syndrome. I admit... I'm giving a somewhat frivolous treatment of this important subject. Somehow we've reached a point where those who remind us of our obligatory ties with nature are viewed as extremists, or worse, as liberals, whatever people mean by that label. I'm talking here about such things as oxygen production, carbon dioxide consumption, water cycle pollution, such as acid rain, and protection from ultraviolet radiation. As long as the critics can maintain that the statistics are exaggerated, they seem to be able to ignore the messages and the followed up processes themselves. Meanwhile, they still breathe in the products of pollution, which cause emphysema, and wage losing battles with skin cancer. 
An important part of what we should see when we observe nature is our biological kinship with that fascinating other world. The biblical mandate of dominion over nature does not even imply that we are somehow immune to its limiting processes. We should study carefully anything that destroys darters or bats or forest ecosystems because it may also imply plans for us we'd rather avoid. As for Tony Cechi's thought that we are being cheated of the chance of achieving oneness with nature, materially and spiritually, the smartest thing a man my age can do is to knock the ball back into his court. Surely he has a dozen or two special students, one of whom can and will define for a new generation the real issues, as Aldo Leopold, Rachel Carson, or Annie Dillard have for us. How about it, Tony? Well, that's all I have for today. This is John Week saying thanks for listening. Tune in next week, and keep it natural. <laughs>